Hello, this is Peter Joseph, and you're listening to V-Radio. Good evening, and welcome to this live special edition of V-Radio. Tonight, I will once again have as my guest, uh, Gamo. You might remember him from the previous show I did about Egypt uh, during the first protest that erupted. If this is your first time listening to V-Radio, please check out my website, v-radio.org. Uh, v-radio.org. There you can find archives of shows like this one, interviews with scientists, activists, documentary filmmakers, politicians, a few good ones, um, a lot of roundtable discussions of current events and things that are interesting to the people in the activist world. You can also check out my must-see TV list, a free list of documentaries that I suggest that everyone who's interested in being socially conscious for this planet uh, check out. Um, and V-Radio is a, uh effort that is essentially supported by the listeners. If you would like to give a donation, you can click the Donate button there. So thanks again, and um, welcome again, Gamo, to the show. Hello, everyone, and uh, nice to be here. Yep, it is. Uh, good to hear from you again. Um, now, obviously, I've, I'm actually kind of surprised, as I was telling you off the air, uh, the situation in Egypt is actually getting mainstream coverage even on our networks now. Um, I don't know. I guess one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on uh, was to kind of give, you know, any... Let's just put it like this. I'll have you explain the story from the perspective of an Egyptian, um, as inevitably it's going to be more close to the truth than anything that a Westerner will ever be able to get on their own. So um, let's take it from the top then. Uh, First of all, in your opinion, what is the Muslim Brotherhood? Uh, That's a tough question, you know. With uh, with what I've been seeing over over the years, written about them uh, from uh, uh, a lot of writers, a lot of uh, political analysts, and uh, what I've been hearing from the mainstream media, uh, it's uh, it's very different and uh, very confusing. Uh, some some uh, saying that they are terrorists. Uh, some saying that they are just. Uh, Patriots and the nationalists, you know, right? And, uh, and it's it's very hard to decide, especially with uh, you know with with, with having groups uh, related to, um, to you know having some of their members uh, associated with uh, some terrorist attacks in in the old days. Right. So mm-hmm. now. The situation is, and it was actually kind of brought up, uh, obviously, that the president that you guys just ousted, if the stories that we're being you know, given are correct, um, was part of the Muslim Brotherhood. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, he is. And now I remember back when all of this started, like kind of, you know, the memories are kind of flooding back to our first show together. Um, you guys had the military, like, more or less in your corner, you know, they were helping you with the situation, um, and it's been stated here that the military was involved in removing the current president. Um, would you say that the, the the protesters in Egypt in particular still have a level of trust for the Egyptian military? Uh, well, for, first of all, you, uh, uh, protesters are, uh, are not at one side. Right. We have two sides of protesting. Uh, uh, pro, uh, pro for the president and uh, others who are against him and want uh, 
and don't him uh, you know not not their president they want to change the regime they want uh, other people um so it's hard to tell to define what you mean by protesters all right well then why not go ahead and define that which uh, you know as far as the two sides i mean are you talking about people that support the president and people that don't or is there some other divisive issue no them just them Pardon? Uh, these are the only sides, you know. And, oh, okay. uh, and the other people who do not have an opinion at all, they just want to live their normal life in peace, and they're sitting at home seeing uh, <laughs> to what extent the things can go. Right. Now, I guess uh, overall, um, given the, the latest protest, can you describe, you know, for a moment, what it is that brought, you know, the essentially, you know, awoke the sleeping giant again, although you guys obviously didn't go back to sleep after the previous one, but now we're looking at protests that are apparently bigger than any that Egypt has ever had in its entire history. And, you know, so what is it that sparked this new, essentially, this new movement that we have now? Uh, well, uh, it's a new movement called the Rebel. And, uh, they they picked a very very excellent time you know in uh, the uh, the memory or uh, the day that uh, uh, the, the the president has uh, got in presidency and uh, you know they they have a quote or a motto saying that a year is enough and uh, they uh, they um, you know they collected. Uh, yeah, they made people sign on uh, on a statement saying that they no more need the current president, and they collected several million, and uh, they picked uh, a day, which is thirteenth uh, of June. It was perfect timing, and uh, they they managed to get a lot of protesters at that day. What issues in particular? Is it just that he's been in office long enough as far as they're concerned and they want to have an election, or is there some specific set of grievances? Well, they want a new election, a new uh, constitution, and uh, they want the, you know, the, the new people that joined uh, the authority uh, in, in the last year get removed. Right, like the new politicians in uh, in the last year. So that's uh, basically just kind of looking at the government that was more or less appointed before. You know, um, like the last time we were dealing with this, the the huge protests you guys were involved with. Okay, uh, let me talk about this in uh, in some way that. Um, will not seem related to your question. Okay. Okay, sure. Uh okay. We have a very complex situation here and blood is shed, okay? Uh we have people who are, you know, the Islamists and uh, Muslim Brotherhood and a big portion of uh, of the people of Egypt actually. And this includes me, although I'm not a Muslim Brotherhood or something but this is democracy uh, we choose that man in elections I didn't vote for him 
mm-hmm. for this democracy, you know, and and uh, uh, when and you we wanted this country to be uh, a democracy, so we cannot protest uh, against something like that, you know. Right. We deserved it. We chose them. Okay. Sure. Uh, so so uh, so we cannot go in uh, protests and fight and shed a lot of blood and. Uh, uh, get uh, and get, get the army to uh, to seize him or uh, you know or jail him or something, and uh, you know <laughs> we will keep doing that. Every party in the country will keep doing that. You know you are showing them that democracy will not work. You are showing them that uh, democracy is not the way to uh, you know to, to to get into leadership. So basically, you know, at this point, it was kind of a matter of, you know, we elected this guy and then we gave him a year and we're not satisfied with his performance. So, um, I mean, what comes next? Do you guys want to, are you going to hold another election, you think? No, actually, the the people who voted for him, or at least most of them, uh, they still want him or they still want uh, democracy. And in either ways, uh, they want him to stay in uh, presidency. But those who were were against him in the first place, uh, and the ex-regime—you um, know, people who benefited from uh, the previous government, from the previous regime—you uh, know—they uh, they do not want uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, and they want things to get back to to uh, you know to the war generals again, or. Or, you know, because uh, the ex-president, he was an army man. Right. You know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, all these people do not know a lot about uh, politics. So, so they do... Uh, so, like I said, it's a choice of... Uh, may, may, maybe, like I said, we, we deserve this. Uh, I didn't choose this man, but I want democracy. I want the majority to pick the president. Right. Even, even that, if I do not like him, but you know, a lot, a lot others want him. Okay. Sure. But uh, imposing my opinion and uh, collecting as many people to to stop life, to stop normal life, to block streets and uh, shed blood, just to impose my opinion and uh, to force people to. Uh, to have the, the the person I want or, or the regime I want, that's not good at all. That's not democracy. I agree. Now, even go ahead. Even even if I think I'm more cultivated or or I know better, but this doesn't give me authority to impose my opinion over people, right? Well, of course not. But that that is essentially, you know, that is the the issue about democracy. The um, libertarians, in particular, for example, will talk about the possibility of a tyranny of a majority, where the, you know, the more people end up forcing the lesser people to deal with something. But um, there's also the possibility of a tyranny of a minority. That's when you have a small group of people that's telling everybody else what to do. Um, and it's essentially a balance that has to be maintained. And you know, the, the people of a given country have to be vigilant. And I have to say, especially you know, in comparison to the things that are going on here in the United States, you know, the kind of revolution that you are essentially going through now is not something that many of the other countries in this world, you know, like the people would just not even be even thinking about it. It would not even be in their day-to-day belief. 
you know, which I think I, you know, essentially, you know, um, despite all of the unrest, I think it's highly refreshing to look at what's going on in Egypt and um, countries like Turkey, for example. I just did a show with a bunch of people from Turkey about what's going on over there. Um, you know, and I hope that you guys can continue to maintain this level of vigilance while at the same time, you know, more or less nonviolence. You don't think that there's any possibility, for example, that Egypt might end up going the route of Syria with a civil war, do you? No, no. Uh, we, you know, we, we do not have this kind of uh, of racism between people, you know. Uh, the the Egyptian people are not are known to be kind and loving each other. Uh, it's not like Syria that uh, uh, people are uh, spread in, in in groups. A group of Sunnis, a group of Shiites, a group of uh, Christians. You know, we are uh, living. You know, I I have neighbors who are Christians. I have. You know, it's it, it's not the way we live here. So it's hard to uh, to live in a situation like this. Also, the army is not choosed on, uh, uh, you know, the choice for army service is not based on religion. So the soldiers are from um, from all the religions in Egypt. Uh, also, also, um, you know, the ethics of our army. I do not think it, it's not like Syria at all. They won't. <laughs> they will be killing their brothers, their family, if they do so. So essentially, in Egypt, you don't really have the political uh, or even a social situation that would ever permit that level of unrest, and I'm actually very happy to hear that. Um, I think that most people don't, especially in the United States, they don't really understand the the intricacies of uh, Middle Eastern politics and how they're different in every country. Like that excellent show we had once, where we had a panel with you know different people from all over the Middle East. You know, although there are some common themes, I think it is important that people looking at it from the outside recognize that when they say sweeping statements like the Middle East, that inevitably there are going to be differences. Um, you know, and in you know, in each country. Like I had a friend from Kuwait, for example, and you know, this was a long time ago. It was before I was an activist, and he and I just happened to be on the same World of Warcraft server. And for whatever reason, on the Bleeding Hollow server, there were a lot of people from Kuwait. And, you know, I started asking him questions about Arabic life, and he's like, let me guess, you probably think that all of our women run around in burqas, and, you know, he was, he's like, I, I can tell you that in Kuwait, you know, our women live not that differently than American women. You know, he gave a few other examples of the way his culture was very Americanized in comparison to some of the neighboring countries. So, you know, the nuances are definitely there, and I guess... You know, now that we're we're talking, you know, obviously you do have an aware populace. You have, you know, people who have seen that um, protesting and standing together, you know, especially if you get enough of your people doing it, you know, can be effective. And that, for that reason, obviously, my hat is off to all of you. Um, I guess you said you had a friend there with you who has also been to the protest. One of the things that I had. Um, been hearing about, I guess, was a problem in the past, was that women were having trouble attending the protests and being safe. Is that still an issue, or is anything being done to address the safety of women at the protests? Uh, well, I, I guess the protesters in Tahrir Square uh, solved that. They, uh, you know, they uh, they secured the place, and uh, they, uh, they managed to have special places for uh, women groups to protest at. You know. 
so that essentially just kind of keeps them, you know, together to be able to work together for each other's safety, and that's good. Um, uh, no, no, and and secure them as well. You know, I managed to, um, uh, you know, they they do not just protest. They they form groups for security, group for getting water, groups for uh, keeping the place clean, uh, some sort of things because. Uh, uh, cops, the police can't uh, enter these areas. Right. Not not with these several millions of people, you know. No, excellent. Now, I guess, uh, is, is there anything different this time, significantly different, in the way that this situation is going down in comparison to what we were dealing with last time? Um, you know, is yeah. it, I mean, obviously more people. Can you think of anything else? Yeah, of course. Last time it was people against the regime. This time it's uh, it's uh, half of the people with the regime and uh, half of the other people against the regime and all are protesting for what they want. So and it's five, five people against people. So there is definitely, you know, more of a... I, know, I remember last time, for example, there was like what looked like mock protests or people that were paid to go out and pretend that they supported the old president. And so now this time, though, you definitely have essentially people who are, you know, supporting the elected leader and then people who want him out. Now, I guess it seems that the military has made their decision, at least if Fox News or, you know, some of the other mainstream videos over here is correct, in that they have removed the president. Um, do you? Where do you see that going next? <sighs> I don't know <laughs> because um, you know the, the army can't uh, can't go back of, the, of what they want. They can't uh, after <laughs> after removing him. They they can't uh, go back and uh, and put him in presidency again. It it will be like uh, you know it, 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 it they will be committing suicide. They will be uh, you know it's treason. Right. To affect them with treason, and uh, I do not think they are. Uh, I, I do not think they are crazy to do that. So we are looking for a solution to to satisfy everyone, to satisfy both parties, those who are with the president and those who are against him. And uh, the best solution is early elections. Right. Do you think that the, I mean, like in this election, would the previous candidate be able to run again? Uh, I do not think so. You know, his his popularity is, has uh, has degraded, and uh, the Muslim Brotherhood is is not that stupid. That's good. But do you think they'll just kind of package another guy and just stick him on the ballot as per typical for politics? Yeah, and uh, and not essentially the Muslim Brotherhood, maybe another uh, another group, another Islamist group or party. Right. Now, essentially, you know, with the Muslim Brotherhood, I know that um, there are people, for example, in the United <coughs> States who seem to think that uh, the United States had a hand in appointing or rather pushing the previous president. Um, what does what is the general opinion, at least as you understand it? Uh, you know, of this theory, do you feel that the United States even covertly had some kind of a hand in the previous election? Uh, I have no doubt that uh, that uh, you know Egypt is 
very very important in, in the area it, it formed about 25% of the of the arabic world and uh, and its geo its geolocation is is very important for for the world economy you know okay. so it's, uh, it's a passage between uh, three continents and having the this canal Suez where where about 80% as I heard about 80% of the world oil passes here so you know it's it's very important to have this this place as stable as possible and to have a strong authority to have control in this place and in the same time keep it weak enough you know having this place in a critical point where it is it's strong to control the internal situation and in the same time the weak that it cannot exceed its limits with world power. It, it cannot be strong enough to to start uh, looking outside, if you know what I mean. Sure, sure. Now, I guess uh, when it comes to the the differences in these protests and these you know these different opinions, I mean, you said that the people of Egypt just still kind of have a brotherhood amongst themselves, you know, a camaraderie, uh, you know, amongst their people. Now, are there clashes between these, you know, two groups of protesters? Has there been any violence? Yeah, for I'm sorry to say, but uh, there has been, and uh, I heard that about uh, ninety ninety people has uh, has died since um, the start of this event. Ninety deaths. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, of course. And, is the, and, go ahead. And, and uh, you know, because because the army and the, the police in in the current situation, uh, you know, are with the removal of the president. Mm -hmm. So so you know, I I've seen a lot of videos and uh, the people who were at uh, these protests, the, the the people I know who were in these protests, uh, they said to me that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the the army was was attacking attacking protesters protesters against the regime. You know, right. So basically, we're we're looking at you know a similar situation to before. Although I guess that was I haven't seen. I mean, I haven't been, had a chance to really pay as much attention as I would have liked. But we haven't had the same level of clashes. I mean, I remember the first time, I mean, I, once again, I could be wrong, the first time there were videos of what basically just looked like a small-scale war between the police and the protesters, and, you know, at this point, you know, you're saying that the situation might be a little different this time around. Um, I mean, are you still dealing with the police force pushing things too far, or have they kind of learned their place? Uh, no, you know, it, it, it is not clash that some party want to eliminate the other party, but right. you know they, they they want them to get scared and to settle down. You know the the protesters who are with the regime, they they want the police to stand down and to let them protest and and to get gathered up and so on. While the police want thing, things to to go as they are going, the regime is removed. The president is in custody literally in custody we have not seen him in in days and it seems that 
uh, the army is keeping him uh, away from press, away from communication, everything, you know? Well, that could actually be interpreted as being kind of difficult, you know, as being a negative. I mean, do, do the people have any concerns about the safety of this guy, or...? Uh, his safety is guaranteed. They uh, they cannot just kill him or something. But I guess they are keeping him in custody or something, and uh, they are keeping him away from uh, press and any kind of communication uh, until they, you know, uh, uh, until things are settled down and they do what uh, they want, change the regime, maybe, uh, um, you know sent him to trial or something. Right, right. Huh. Well, you know, once again, you know, it's it's kind of, I mean, I obviously, it's unfortunate that people are dying, and it's even more unfortunate that it's, you know, people with two opposing political views that's causing a conflict that's getting people killed. At least it's not a full-on civil war. You know, at least you're not dealing with that. Now, I guess... The question now will be, we're kind of at a state now where the, the military has the president. They've, you know, taken him out of power. Um, does that mean essentially the military is running the country? Are they in charge? You know, or is there someone else who stepped up to do that? Uh, in my opinion, they they picked up a puppet. You know, they... Uh, I do not know what you call him in the USA, but he is the very chief of uh, you know hold on um, the, the the very chief of justice or something right so he's basically kind of like a lawmaker like at the top of that yeah yeah the, okay. uh, the we call it the constitution uh, justice department or something you know, yeah, they, he's a puppet. They just picked him and uh, uh, make him a temporary president until we, uh, until they run elections. Do you guys have any kind of time frame on those elections, or like has that been decided? No, it's open. It's still up in the air. Wow. Yeah. Also, there's something to say here. Go ahead. Uh, do you know that? Uh, the army here, they, they closed uh, s several TV channels, and uh, 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 we have uh, local channels here called uh, Al Jazeera Life, Al Jazeera right. Life Egypt, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, a channel dedicated for uh, uh, broadcasting uh, live shows and, uh, and, live, uh, and the live feeds from uh, squares and protests around Egypt. Right. I, <laughs> I was told today that it it was uh, it it is run by the military since two days you know they captured the crew and uh, they put its manager into custody and it was by, run by the army so you do you believe that do you think that the army could take over the local al jazeera outpost or i mean i, mean, I don't remember where al jazeera is based i understood they were just kind of a middle eastern news news group in general well, there are a lot, you know, some of them are local and some of them, uh, you know, are, are just, uh, are just sites for, 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 uh, for other TV channels. But, uh, they, they already closed the several, several TV channels and, 
on air, on air, they captured the crew while they were broadcasting a show. They captured the crew and they captured the guests and the 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 feed the feed of the channel was off for for a few hours and then it was live again. And today I was told that it was captured by the army and it was run since the day they captured its manager. It's uh, being run by the army. Wow. So essentially, uh, you know, I, I don't know what that means to you guys, and I, you know, but I know that if a military force took over the news where we are, you know, that starts to sh- kind of cast a, a dark shadow over what it is that's going on. Um, to have that much control over, you know, essentially what people hear, um, is there apprehension about that? I mean, are people concerned, or do they still trust the military? Um. Uh... Not not all people, of course. Right. It's, it's not like the old days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. Things here are very complex and very confusing. Uh, for me, you know, it, it, it feels that I am seeing things and the opposite of things in the same time. This newspaper, this uh, TV channel is saying something, and another another... Uh, channel is saying the same news, but in a way that's totally different. That's even confusing. That's very, very confusing. And right. Very up- Continue. And very opposite, like I said. Right. So it, it, it's hard to tell. You know, I think things are messy. So basically, at this point, we've still got a lot of question marks, and that the it's clear that the story of what's going on in Egypt is not really going to be settled anytime soon. Um, you guys are in a powerful well, maybe, transitional state. Maybe, maybe it's not going to settle soon, but it's not going the way to be a civil war or something. Uh, that's not that's not a valid option, of course. However, however, maybe there are uh, terrorist groups and and places where. Uh, uh, where you know the the army is is limited by number, you know, like like Sinai, because we are uh, we are tied by uh, a peace treaty uh, between us, Israel, and the United States, that we cannot have uh, heavy artillery and we cannot have uh, heavily armed uh, uh, heavily armed forces. So these are like weak places where, where you know, where security is limited. Uh, also, um, Upper Egypt or South of Egypt, you know, very, very large uh, areas of desert. Uh, besides, you know, the situation in Libya, and uh, it caused uh, a lot of leak in weapons, you know, dangerous weapons, heavy weapons, uh, that uh, spread in the place, and uh, you know. Right. I've got a question here from the chat room. I'm going to do my best to try to work it out because it doesn't look like English is his first language either. But um, uh, does Egypt have a member bank with the International Bank for Settlements? I think they're asking is, is, um, because like he says, most of the countries such as Libya and some of the ones in Africa and Venezuela are members of this international bank. Um, Do you know if uh, there's any of that kind of money moving around in Egypt? Well, actually, um, the the regime, or I do not know whether I should call it the regime or the current regime, right. but uh, but you know the uh, 
you know they were uh, negotiating with uh, with the world uh, with the international bank uh, about uh, a loan and uh, we have not got it yet you know the things did not settle with the international bank they they imposed a lot of conditions to give them the money yeah that's generally there's money that comes along with any kind of corruption and that's you know especially when there were allegations of interest that was one thing that i remember saying during the turkish show was that you know although the united states is not invading countries that it wants to influence anymore because i think they've figured out like the the people at the top have figured out that they can't continue to occupy all these countries sounds like i'm echoing on your end mm Hold on. Testing, testing. Yeah, I can still hear myself. Hold on. Sure. You're listening to V Radio. Test again, please. Okay, testing. Yeah, it sounds fine now. What I was going to say was that... um. Especially with the various countries now that are in a state of unrest, uh, I think that whoever is essentially pulling the strings of the United States, specifically in regards to foreign policy, we're definitely looking at a change um, in that, you know, but I don't think that it's coincident that all these countries that the Bush administration would have loved to have invaded are now in a state of unrest. You know, that's one of the things I said when I had the Turkish panelists on was, you know, do you have any concerns that there might be any economic hitmen, you know, CIA kind of things going on in in the country to continue to push this state of unrest? You know, um, because it just, when you think about it, it was like dominoes falling, you know, one after another. You know, uh, Cheney really wanted to invade Syria. Syria is now in a civil war. You know, Egypt's had some unrest, but you guys obviously have a populace that's definitely more aware of what's going on. So it's you know, it while they can make things difficult in your country, they are I don't think they're ever really going to be able to seize total power. Your people have too much, you know, at stake. They have essentially too much awareness of what's going on. But there are other countries like Turkey and some of the others um, that make me concerned that perhaps somebody might be manipulating this. Do you think that it's possible that you know forces from the West, England, and the United States? might have a vested interest in seeing destabilization in the Middle East? Maybe. That's a very valid theory. Um, the three most powerful armies in the area were the Iraqi army, the Syrian army, and the Egyptian army. The Iraqi army, you know, was uh, was devastated during the the Iraqi, you know, the, the American occupation of right. Iraq. And currently, the Syrian army is destroying itself. You know, it's it's only the Egyptian army that's remaining. And it seems like they have kind of a difficult situation there because it's not as easy. It's harder to divide you. You know, I mean, uh, it's harder to pit you against each other. I mean, in places like Syria or Iraq, all they really have to do is just start getting the Shiite and the Sunni Muslims to start fighting each other. And, yeah. you know, then all of a sudden, you know, they have a, a situation of unrest. And, it's actually kind of funny considering the you know some of the reports that come back from time to time from my various contacts in the Middle East say that for example in Syria 
Um, it looks like the United States might be giving arms to what have been determined to be Al-Qaeda operatives, <laughs> which is kind of ironic, but they have a feeling that, you know, the Al-Qaeda operatives living, you know, winning there will get rid of the Syrian government that they have a problem with, um, and as a result, you know, probably look to seize power, you know, as is fairly typical for the United States' game plan would be to try to find a way to destabilize the situation and ensure that they're on good terms with the winner, or at least make sure that they can throw the winner out and replace them with someone else if they so desire. You know, and I have to say, this is something that we say all the time in the Zeitgeist Movement and the Venus Project, you know, oriented activism, is that the best defense against such things is a public that is aware and critical thinking, and more specifically, taking responsibility for the state of, you know, their community. And in this instance, Egypt, I think, will overcome that, which... You know, brings an interesting question is to say that, you know, any regime that finally ends up in control in Egypt when the dust settles, you know, the United States is not going to settle for any regime that is not willing to sell oil to the United States, you know, so that they can maintain their petrodollar control. Um, I guess then it really comes down to the people. You know, what do the people in Egypt think about the United States and are they aware or perhaps concerned about any kind of meddling in Egyptian affairs? Uh, well, in in the current circumstances, you know, having any party the <laughs> that's related to the United States is uh, you know is uh, like something is uh, committing a treason. You know, right. uh, p- protesters uh, that are against the regime are uh, are convicting the regime that uh, they are with the United States, and uh, you know. B- Taking uh, uh, speeches made by Obama and his office uh, that they are with democracy and that they are against uh, uh, the military overthrowing the regime, that uh, the regime was with the United States and uh, they are not patriots as they say and so on, you know. Right. And in the same time, in the same time, the Muslim Brotherhood they are telling uh, their protesters that what's going on. Is uh, is conspiracy by the United States with uh, with people committing treason against the country? You know, right? For sure. You know, so you know, so, you know, both sides are convicting each others, being uh, as the United States side against the country. It sounds to me that then once again we have a situation where your people are aware of these kinds of things, and enough information has been spread around. You know, like. Back in the day when they, you know, did what they did in Iran, like, forever ago, like, they talk about in uh, Zeitgeist Addendum, you know, how they got rid of the leader of Iran, you know, with just a small amount of manipulation from one CIA agent, Kermit, you know, I guess Kermit Roosevelt was his name, you know, they were able to do so much, and the people were completely unaware of it, but now you have a situation where the people in your country recognize that the United States is up to these sorts of things, and I hope that that awareness continues, because, you know, and as as bad as this is going to sound from the perspective of an American citizen, I despise the way my country meddles in the way, you know, in the in the lives of other people, particularly when they just have a vested interest in their resources. Because you'll notice that the United States doesn't seem to get too involved in things if there's nothing there. You know, like Darfur, there was horrible atrocities taking place and nobody was interested in invading Darfur. You know, and then they say that they're going to invade Iraq 
because of things that were done in the 1980s when when Saddam Hussein gassed the Kurds. You know, it's like they're going to bring that out, you know, from like 20 years ago. Well, we're finally getting around to doing something about this. It's like, I'm sure it had you know, nothing maybe, to do with the oil. Maybe, maybe Saddam Hussein killed, uh, killed 10,000 uh, Kurds with, with gas, but the United States killed half a million children right. by, by, blockading, by blockading medicine for uh, wrecked children, you know? Right. Yep. Yep, no stranger to that either. And that's, I mean, especially the situation now, you know, and I hope that it doesn't spread too much in the local, you know, ecology, but uh, there are parts of Iraq that uh, I remember one inspector said that if there was as much radiation and toxic, you know, basically toxic chemicals in the area, in any place in the United States, the place would be rendered you know, it could be basically would be labeled uninhabitable, would be condemned. There are several places in Iraq, more specifically because of the release of weapons-grade plutonium and a lot of the various weapons that we used during the Iraq War, and we're having children with uh, cancer, you know, at very young ages. Um, you know, just, it's a horrible situation, and I, you know, I guess it's basically the weapons-grade plutonium gets into the dust, and the dust gets blown around everywhere, and of course it's a desert country, so there's dust everywhere. You know, and I hope that none of that manages to find its way to your country. You know, I guess at the end of the day, you know, it, once again we're back to it's a good thing that you guys aren't in a civil war. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Maybe they they can manage to give the people, give the country, to be unsettled and busy with internal problems. But uh, I do not think that it can get into the extent of civil war. Uh, I think that. It is not a valid option at all. Well, that's excellent, and I hope that the rest of the people in your country feel the same way. I want to thank you for being on again, Gamo. And once again, as this uh, situation continues to evolve, because we still have a lot of unanswered questions, you know, keep in touch. And if you want to come on again, you're always welcome on V Radio to talk about the situation. Um, I think particularly my Whitline listeners around the world do appreciate, you know, um, what you guys are going through in particular Egypt has been a big a big inspiration recently along with several of the, you know several of the other middle eastern countries in showing that you can you know move to you know against corruption and that you can get the support of your military if you you know if you do it enough you know that was something that I remember we talked about before was that you know in the previous protests you guys managed to win the heart of your soldiers um it's something in America I don't think that many of the protesters here really understand they they tend to think of the police and the and the soldiers automatically as their enemies, which unfortunately plays right into the hands of the people that want to, you know, would ever try to use them against us, you know, um, to you know to alienate them in that way. Um, I guess are there any parting things that you want to share before we end the broadcast? Uh, well, um, do not believe everything you hear. Do not believe anything you hear in the media, even even if it is your opinion. You know, may, maybe you were pushed or, or meant to think uh, this way in the first place. Uh, here, right now, every day since these events started, I'm seeing things and their opposites at the same minute. And it's very confusing. I'm, uh, you know, I cannot even believe what I believe in because I'm seeing the opposite in the same time. And everyone is having footage videos that's adding their uh, their opinion. So, right. 
Well, and it's all. also good information to know that uh, the local Al Jazeera chapter is under control of the military, so that'll definitely give people something to think about, even among activists. I mean, I used to watch Al Jazeera to get more information about the Middle East because I thought I would get better quality there's news. Different, there's difference. There is Al Jazeera English. That's a whole different channel. Right. It's dedicated for the United States and... Uh, you know, speaking and people speaking English. There is uh, local Al Jazeera, not not local. There is Al Jazeera Arabic, uh, and there is Al Jazeera Egypt, and Al Jazeera Live Egypt. They are in control of Al Jazeera Live Egypt. You know, not Al Jazeera English. Okay, so then we would still have good, you know, information then from Al Jazeera English. All right, that's I hope good. So. Yeah, I hope so, too. I actually watch Al Jazeera English sometimes just because. So, All right. Well, thanks again, Gamo. And um, I'm going to leave everybody with some parting words from Jacques Fresco and Roxanne Meadows. Okay. Uh, thank you, and thank you, everyone. And uh, I hope <laughs> I answered some of your questions, if not giving no, you more No, it still provided great insight, as always. Okay. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. If this is your first time listening to V-Radio, please check out my website, v-radio.org. There you can listen to more archives of shows like this one. Check out my must-see TV list, and art- uh, basically a list of free documentaries to watch on the Internet to learn about critical issues in regards to being socially conscious of what's going on in our world. And if you liked what you heard, please consider a donation. You can do that at the Donate tab through PayPal or major credit cards. Thank you very much, everybody, and I will see you next time. This is Roxanne Meadows. And this is John Fresco. And you're listening to V Radio.